0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by the Hebrew Hammer himself, Badger legend, Matt Bernstein. Matt, good to see you as always. As always, pleasure. And we have a very, very, very special guest today. I am beyond jacked up uh, to have, uh, I would say just on a personal level, probably my favorite Badger defensive player of all time, uh, Antaj Hawthorne. Antaj, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us today.
0: I appreciate that, Matt. You know, uh, Matt, Matt and Matt. You know, both of you guys. Thanks for having me on the show today.
1: I'm excited. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, before we hop into the show, I want to remind you guys that we are, in fact, presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is your number one spot to uh, put a little action down on all of your sports gambling needs, whether it's futures in game bets, whatever your style is. Bet online is the place to go. Uh, Badgers, uh, over under 10 and a half for the season. If you, uh, if you want to lay lay down a little cash on that one. Personally, I like the over, but I'm I'm way biased and I do <laughs> not gamble on my teams. I, I can't because it's it's impossible. Like I think we're going 12 and over every year. So um, but no matter who your team is, no matter what your sport is, head on over to the website today or download the mobile app for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Your sports gambling experts. Antosh. I have so many questions for you, but we're going to start back at the beginning. You were one of the most heralded recruits to ever join Wisconsin. You know, you know, your high school all-American coming out of Connecticut. How did you even like hear about Wisconsin? Was there like an East Coast connection? You know, we've always had the the you know the New Jersey, New York running backs, mm-hmm. but you know Connecticut not as much of a sort of recruiting hotbed. So how did you you know hear about Wisconsin and what ended up? You know, what made you choose Wisconsin as your collegiate choice?
0: Well, man, that was, you know, that was the difficult part, right? Like you said, I was highly tired of coming out of high school. Um, I had different coaches coming in, offering me to play offensive line or, you know, defensive line. Everybody, I mean, you know, from top to the bottom, top 10 schools, whatever. But like you said, you know, if there was a connection, there was, a, there was definitely a connection um, with my high school. My coach, Tony Martone, actually coached Bobby Myers, who played for the Badgers and ended up going to the NFL. And that wasn't too, um, too far before I went to the high school. And the Badgers also had a good track record with one of our rivals, uh, West Haven, Notre Dame. And Tarek Sala ended up, you know, he, he ended up getting um, picked up by the Badgers to go to school there too. So their track record at the time was good with my school, right? Uh, the relationship between coach Martone and uh, coach Palermo was, was phenomenal. And I would like to say the icing on the cake was how real coach Palermo kept it with me. You know, um, he was a stern coach. Uh, he didn't, you know, give me any bullshit when, you know, when we were sitting there talking, you know, I had a, uh, the Ohio state uh, recruiting coordinator. I'm, I, I can't even remember who he was or whatever, but when he came in, he didn't talk about me playing or anything. Oh, he was talking about how they were remodeling the horseshoe. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, man, I was like, it's this, is that what really people go to your school for the, you know, for stadium, but I mean, it's, it was probably some of the, um, I don't know, maybe they just knew I was going to go to that school or something, but that didn't make any sense to me. Right. But, you know, after I met Alvarez, um, it was, I, was, I was going to Wisconsin for sure.
1: Matt, I know you kind of had a similar story when you were when, when you were being recruited. You know, you met Barry, and then and and you went to and when you went to when you visited Madison, you know, it, it sort of sold you on the thing. Uh, did, I assume you had an official visit while you were during the recruiting process, Antosh?
0: Well, I didn't. I did have an official visit, but I actually went to the Badger football camp my junior year, I believe, and had a great time. Um, I remember it was one of the only camps that allowed us to have football pads on. Well, at least shells, you know, and I was able to run around and, you know, hit people, make contact and, you know, also get to hang around Wisconsin in the summertime, which is, which is very, very nice. You know, uh, I was, I'm a big fisherman and I love, I love fishing and, you know, being able to go to school on a, on a lake, you know what I mean? It's, it was right there. And, the walleye. I mean, there's, there's just there's just so much about Wisconsin to fall in love with. I mean, I, we 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 could do the show all
1: day. So, um, what who, who did you fish with? Who who are your fishing buddies on the team?
0: Uh, Darius Jones. Me and Darius Jones were fishing a lot. Um, Rasmus James. We used to fish with Ras. You know, sometimes I I would go by myself. You know, it's
1: it's just good times. So you arrive at Wisconsin uh, in uh, what do we do summer of two thousand two or so 2001 or 2000, 2001, 2001. 2001. Yep. what was your uh what was the biggest hurdle for you for the transition what was the biggest you know transitional hurdle going from high school to college
0: oh man there there was a bunch of them um one of them was you know this is the first time that you know I'm ever going to be away from home and you know it's it was it was kind of like the the gift and the curse you know it, it felt good but then yeah, I'm on my own, you know what I mean? Or I'm going to school, but there was a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of pressure coming in and, um, you know, uh, both with the football and academically, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's it's a whole new, it's a whole new lifestyle. And just, you know, trying to get get used and acclimated to that climate was, you know, at first difficult, I would say, you know?
2: Dude, I have like the best story about Taj. So one, I never met Antaj until I got to the region and we were living together, which I was, up to. I love living with Antaj. We were eating Chinese food. We were playing uh, Bass Hunter. We were, I weighed in at like 10 pounds, 15 pounds old. Coach White was so mad at me for just, you know, eating like a D-lineman. But um, I, so Antaj, I go, Antaj, you did SOAR last week. You know, SOAR is that intro to Wisconsin, I'm like, do I, am like, what'd you do? Do I have to go? And he's like, nah, don't go. So I'm like, all right. So I went and took the tests and I didn't go to the rest of the SOAR. I just, I just skipped the whole thing. Cause we were still working out. And like, I, I was like, all right. Jerry Darda comes into my office. I'm, I come into his office. He calls me up. He goes, get it, get in here right now. I'm like, okay. He goes, he goes, what classes did you sign up for? I'm like, you know, Mr. Darda, I didn't sign up for any classes yet. And he goes, did you go to SOAR? I was like, well, I, I took the tests, you know. I went to the math test and the English test. He goes, why didn't you go to the rest of it? I go, Oh, I don't know. Um, you know, Antosh said I didn't have to go, <laughs> he was stupid. <laughs> he, was, he, he was like, Why did you listen to Antosh? So <laughs> so that was great. And then I had to sit there and, and basically dial in to sign up the classes. I, I still remember because you know, Darter was to me, was like such a putz and I loved him, but it was really just like the antithesis of where we just got here, we have no idea what's going on. And I'm asking Antosh for advice. And he's a freshman, you know, going to be a freshman living next to me. It was like my favorite thing in the world.
0: It was, it was, it was was tough. It was tough. I remember, uh, you know, being on the subject of how, how things were tough. Um, I remember our first day in, um, off season training and we had, you know, all the freshmen in there, I mean, we were all working out. And I remember Brian Bott, like it was, we were doing tough. I mean, I, I was, I felt like I was hurting, you know, and um, at the end of the workout, I guess we were all messing up and stuff and look, just really looking sloppy. Brian Bott raised his hand and he was like, how, He was like, raise, everybody raise your hand. How many of you never lifted weights before? Now, mind you, during, during this time, like I, I was, I was lifting with the DBEs. Um, like I, was, I had zero, I had zero strength and I was struggling and I remember I would, there was other people in the weight room that was struggling too so we're all talking like man I didn't lift no weights in high school and you know like you know we didn't lift weights and then all of a sudden Bot asked this question so I'm you know I'm confident like everybody I was talking to we're all going to raise their hands at the same time as me how many of you never lift weights before and then boom I raised my hand and I'm the only one in the whole place with my hand up and I'm looking around I'm like oh man this is, like, this is messed up and Bot looked at me and he was like he was like are you me, he was like, "You're high school all American, and you never lift the weights before." I was like we we didn't have a gym, like I but I, I don't know, you know what I mean? It <laughs> it was, but you know, just another. The weight room was very hard. The weight room was was tough. Um, going from not having a workout plan to getting jump, you know, jumping in with <laughs> Coach Detman, you know, it was JV was was tough. You know, it, it was, that was tough as well.
2: Dude, the first day I showed up, we, was a Tuesday. And on Tuesdays we did the upper decks and I was dying coming in there on a Tuesday. Cause we did squat. Remember we did all legs. And then we did the upper mm-hmm. the afternoon. And I just remember being like, man, this is going to be a horrible summer, like working out. But I came in with some knowledge. Like I came in doing a lot of these different lifts, but I just remember like you get that card with every day, with every Mm -hmm. on there. And you just look at it and you're like, man, this is going to be, this is a week. I don't know how I'm going to get through, you know, and you check the boxes and you're like 300 pounds on front squad. Like, I don't know if that's a possibility today, but uh, (laughs) I remember coming in and just being like, this dude has never lifted a weight and he's already stronger than half the other guys. I just think your athleticism like led you to being, you didn't need to be that strong.
0: Well, I mean, you know, a lot of, um, I've never really been the strongest in the weight room. And that's going all the way through my pro career and, and everything, right? I think, um, you know, this, the hand placement, you know, pad level and technique will, will, will get you far. It'll get you far. A lot of people, you know, they have, they, they can push a damn Mack truck, but they can't split a double team. You know what I mean, or or they can't play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So I mean, it's 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 a combination of things. It, it really is. And oh, um, overall, I think that the heart and just wanting to get to the ball. You know what I mean? That you can't work that out. You know what I mean? The, you, it's, that's that's just something that you either have or you don't have. And I just I you know I always wanted to hurt people with the ball, I and mean, I, I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah. So were there any guys, especially your first year, who kind of like took you under their wing?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it was uh, Wendell Bryant, and it was this was the only year that I never, that, but I didn't have seventy seven as my jersey number. Remember, I was ninety four, and coming in, you know, Wendell was—I mean, for defense, tackle, he—he he was everything, right? He was um, first round. I think he was like number eleven pick or something. But you know, watching his film and seeing what it, I actually witnessed. A Penn State game, I think he got like four sacks in that Penn State game, or three or four sacks. I I don't know, but like he did it right there in front of my face, and it was very impressive. But Wendell, yes, Wendell took me under his wing. You know, um, I was still kind of immature at the time as well. You know, high school freshman. You know, then all of a sudden coming in, not not high school freshman, college freshman coming from high school, just you know, big old. I had a giant head. I'm not gonna lie to you, my head was 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 huge. You know, un- until I started going up against you know people like Al Johnson and you know the, the the offensive line, and figuring out how hard it was. You know that was a it was a big jump. But you know, speaking with Wendell, you know, he gives me you know a couple pointers here, a couple pointers there about how to beat our guys, and then like when we're watching game film, always always pushing me to not be lazy or um, you know. It was, you got to work hard in this. It was, it was a lot of work hard, work hard, work hard. And I mean, it, I listened, you know, listen. Pay paid off.
2: So in the locker room, it looked like a big, like, box you. And I sat in the back right corner, let's say. And in front of – so I loved my seat. I think we had the most crazy, like, corridor of It was you, Mike Eccles, J-Dub sat next to me, John Welsh. I think Delante McGrew sat there also. It was Lee Evans, Dante's. And I just remember you and Tez like beating off each other, just talking crap to every single person in that corridor. And it was like, I just remember sitting back and just, and Mike, Mike Allen was there too. The kicker. Mm -hmm. He, I think was back there and just sitting there and just watching like this show. And it was just so funny. So Tosh, when you say like you came in with a big head, but you rightfully so though, like, you were probably one of the best recruits that Wisconsin almost might have ever recruited kind of deserved it. And then you played like it though. It wasn't like you came in, you know, huffing and puffing and then did nothing like you were a starter for four years, you dominated. And that's what I loved about you. I I love that you would talk smack on the field, get it done, come into the locker room, talk smack there. And it just, I just, it's so good to see you. And it's so like, just fun to think about those moments like that was the that was my favorite time, just sitting there watching people talk and BSing with everybody. The locker room, I mean,
0: it it it's a lot of people don't if you don't play sports, you know, you don't you don't know what the locker room is like, it's hard to kind of describe it. But the camaraderie, the jokes, and just being comfortable with everyone, and being able to, you know, just have fun. I mean, this oh man. It, it, you're talking about on the field stuff. And, I mean, I did talk a lot of trash. I, I, I did talk a lot of trash. And I think it also, not only did it, you know, I, I believe it pushed me. Because, you know, not only did I, you know, I'm over here talking talking trash, but I also got to back it up, right? And, you know, um, Coach Palermo wasn't one of those guys just, you know, just to let you go out there and, and slack either. You know, so it was – it, it it was it was coming from it was coming from a D-line coach. We, you know, G A T A was one of our uh that's how we broke our huddle. It was get after the rats. You know what I mean? So it was I always felt like we we're, you know, those guys on the other side, man, those those are the enemy. You know what I mean? We gotta go ahead, we gotta cut the head off of this snake, we gotta go after there. we gotta get after the ass. And it was always, you know what I mean, like I want to get everybody else pumped up too. So like when I'm talking, everybody else is getting pumped up too, right? And I remember the defensive line, uh, me, J.J., J-Dub out there, and, you know, uh, Ras. we would, like, dust each other's shoes off and, like, you know, pop the collars and all kind of stuff. Like, when we're out there, we talk trash to everybody. And you just you want to create that atmosphere of killers, really, you know what I mean, and, and go out there and, and dominate, you know, it's, and have
1: fun while you do it. Were you that way in high school too? Were you talking trash in high school? I mean, I'm sure it was a lot easier to talk trash in high school because you were, you know, the competition in high school is not nearly the same as in the Big Ten. And when you're your size and athletic ability, you know, you, you could talk a lot of smack and pretty easily back it up.
0: Yeah, well, high school, you know, what, what gets me is when the guy across from me starts running his mouth. You know, in, in, in high school, it wasn't really too many people running their mouth. It was more like, you know, what are we going to do? You you know what I mean? They're making sure their chin straps are tight, and, you know, it's it's, it's a whole different game. But in in college, you know, you could be a freshman going against a, a, a senior that's about to go into the draft next year, you know, or you're going against another guy that made all Big Ten, stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes you need to pump yourself up, you know. Sometimes you need to go out there, you know, talk some trash, get him to say something, get him to get you mad. You know, because sometimes you play better when you're mad. And I was just going to say, some people, you know, when their their tanks are empty, they tap into that last little bit, you know, that last little bit of uh, ass kicker that they have left or whatever, you know, to be able to go ahead and make enough play.
1: Did you have any guys who you modeled your game after? Or like you you, you saw as like whether they were collegiate guys or or pro guys that you you said like, I want to, you know, I I, want to take, you know, I I see these things that they're doing on the field. I want to like sort of try to model my game after that.
0: Well, there was. I used to watch SAP, you know, because I always wanted, you know, I mean, what defensive tackle didn't want to be like SAP, right? But SAP and I had two different games, you know. I was more of a, a power guy, and he had a lot of, you know, finesse moves, things like that. But those are the kind of things that I try to take away, you know, from whatever film that I'm watching, be it, um, you know, from SAP or I'm, you know, just going through and watching old Badger film or or whatever, you know, just trying to add to your game. So wherever your weakness is, you know, just try to go ahead and, you know, get something else in your forte to be able If if it's a, you know, quick little swim or, you know, a quick rip or something like that, you know, just something to switch up just enough so you can have success.
1: Yeah. Cause to me, we're just watching, you reminded me of Leroy Glover. I don't know if you remember Leroy Glover, but you reminded me of Leroy just like absolute power and devastation from the inside.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's, being, uh, three, what was I, 315 on the inside, you know, and me and JJ were both of us 300 pounders on the inside. I mean, that's that's a, tough, that's a tough inside to try to run against,
2: you know. I have a quick story about someone Taj played against in high school. I think, Taj, you might have been a senior, and he was a freshman. He actually went to play with my brother at Columbia. It's like, and Taj, it's like, don't ever bring his name up. I once... Want... He was a freshman. My coach said, cut him. Every time there was a pass, just try to cut him. So he said, one time I cut him, and Antosh goes, don't ever do that again. And he's like, I just stood there and got killed all game because I didn't want to cut him because Antos told me not to. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Sorry, but Taj, you bring, it, you bring up those guys. Your D-line, I think you guys might have been the best D-line or certainly one of the best, you know, with all those guys you mentioned, Jacob, JJ Erasmus what was it like like you know you guys played such as a unit but you had four studs so how how did that happen like that's you know you had four stars who all played together
0: well i i believe with the four of us we we had chemistry you know we uh we we bonded over the years and that our senior year i believe was our was our best year and that was like you know that was that was like the end of it. But, I, you know, I had to give a lot of credit to Coach Palermo, right, for for putting us in a position to be able to, to make plays and being a stickler about footwork and hand placement and, you know, everything like that. But also, you know, I also want to give it out to those guys for for buying in and putting in the work. You know, um, J.J., the, the the dancing bear, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, J. Dub coming off the edge. Uh, Rasmus James, Darius Jones. I mean, there was there was a lot of guys that you know played a big part in that defensive line and and us being so well. You know, if you you can't and, and not even just the defensive line, but also the linebackers. I always want to say the linebackers played a big part because you know those guys are running around making plays. And I just I mean, like our, our whole defense, even our DBs and our, and our safeties. I mean, we had a really really good defense. You know, but it, it all starts up front. That's what everybody always says. It all starts up front and. I mean, just that, that core nucleus of guys that we had over the years, just, I mean, we were blessed, you know?
1: And you guys have some pretty guys you're growing up against in practice. You know, thinking about that O-line, you're talking about your senior. You got Joe Thomas, Dan Benning, Donovan Rayola, Clinkscale. Like, did, I, I assume that going up against those kind of guys, obviously you play probably more against the twos in practice, but they must have pushed you just like you pushed them.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that. It actually brings up a story. I believe my, my was it my senior year, I believe, or, or I think it was senior year. You might remember this. It was before the season started, and we were at the, we were at the stadium, and we were, we, you know, Alvarez told us to line it up at the 20. You know, it was ones versus ones. You know, line up at the 20, the offense gets four plays to score, and whoever, you know, wins doesn't have to run after practice. And this was this was the year like we like I, our whole defense like we wanted to be number one we didn't want I didn't even care if it was our team you know nobody's gonna get a yard on us right I, mean, I believe Stocko was quarterback at this time so um I think like the the first play you know Ras comes out I'm getting everybody hyped up on the defense like you know we ain't trying to run yada 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 I think like the first play Ras hit Stocko. In his arm or something like that. And, you know, Alvarez was like, ah, damn it. You know, stay off the quarterback, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, was, I was like, stay off the quarterback. We need him. But then when he got in the huddle, I was like, man, we're going to kill him again. You know, it's, it's nonstop. Be relentless. So we end up stopping him. Right? We end up stopping him. But, you know, we get three and out, whatever, to kick the field goal. But then he was like, line it back up. Yeah, but move, no, he said move the ball up six yards and line it back up. And I'm thinking, I'm like, uh, all right, he must, you know, he must be, you know, just wanting to get a look or something. But then Anthony Davis scored a touchdown, right? And the whole offense is celebrating like they just won the competition. So I was like, I'm like, I, I, I start going off. I, I mean, I don't even know. I was, I was just cursing at whoever was listening, really. And um, this is, this is, uh, First, I mean, I kind of, I kind of regret I shouldn't have been acting like this, but Alvarez told me he was, he was like, "God damn it, Antachi!" He was like, "This is my practice." He was like, uh, "He was like, shut your mouth or something." And I, I think I was mumbling under my breath, you know, something. I was, I was pissed, man. I was mumbling under my breath. I can't remember what I was mumbling, but he was like, "God damn it, get over here!" And, you know, I was, I was, I was walking off the field and went over and got my ass chewed out by him. You know, was, I was like, "Man, this is." This is weird. Like you know, it's he was really getting on me, you know. And I was like, oh, I was like, all right, you know. I was like, I was like, coach. So does defense have to run out to practice? He was like, no, you guys won. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. well, it's, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? He
2: always, dude. He always <laughs> wanted the offense to win. Though at the very end, he wanted like we would have kept doing that. I feel like we did that all the time. Goal line, four downs. All right, run it back. You know, what? remember? I, I, I think they used to pause the machine and just have us go until we scored. Well, it was it, – it I think it's,
0: you know, looking back at it, maybe like a confidence booster uh, you need to show the guys that they can do it against us. I mean, I don't know. We had Stocko in there. You know, he was a young quarterback. You know, maybe. maybe I mean, it, it all makes sense. I mean, you know, we, we did have a good season. So, you know, he found a way to push us. You know, he he definitely found a way to push us and, and I mean that's what
2: that's what, what counts, you know. Do you always have like a there's always a blow up at a coach at some point? I mean you're you're so wound so tight, you work out every day, you you have to go to school, you have to keep your grades up, then you have to practice. I just remember being like some days I was so furious with certain coaches. I mean, you happen to, you know, go to the top, the king. But I, I didn't go, I didn't I didn't say nothing to
0: him. I, I wasn't <laughs> Mouthing off to him, but you know it was just I, he didn't hear. Nobody really heard anything I said. I was probably just like, man, f- this man, I, you know, and, you know, do this extra run. I was it probably I mean nothing serious, but you know, I I I respect Alvarez a lot. You know, maybe more than any other coach that I ever played for, only because he always kept it real with me. You know, he 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 never lied to me. Being a straight shooter, and he also you know reminds me like Godfather. It was more the old school Gambino movies.
1: You know, know, I I think it's funny. When they had the the first original playoff committee, he was on the original playoff committee, the college football playoff committee. And I was reading a report. They they referred to him as Capo di Tutto Capi, which means the Don of the Dons. (laughs) And I thought that was a perfect nickname for him. He's like, there are all the Dons, and then he is the head Don.
2: Yeah, for for sure. Yeah, and that's why they're keeping him on as the head done. He just moved offices from what the seventh floor, the eighth floor to the sixth floor. Like he didn't really go that far in his retirement. I I tell everyone, I, I'm like, you know, I wouldn't know where I'd be in life without Coach Alvarez. You know, you you were a five star. I don't know. I wasn't a five star. He took a shot at some kid who played Westchester County football, you know, to come play, give me a scholarship. Like that's to me is like who knew what I could be? And then That's so. I attribute a lot to that guy only because he took a risk, and it gave me almost everything that I have in life.
0: Crazy. I mean, that I'm not even sure. Like uh, demand and respect. It's more like you want to respect the guy. you know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's hard to explain the difference between Alvarez and the other head coaches that I met. Right? Alvarez had a different charisma about them, right? I always felt like the other coaches, like they wanna, and I'm talking about the head coaches, right? Sure. They they wanna, they want you to help them, right? They want you to come in and, and help them to succeed and, you know, to be a great player on their team. And I I think Alvarez wanted to help me. It's like, you know, just come to Wisconsin, you know, we're gonna take care of you, we're gonna make sure that you graduate. You know all these things. We're gonna make sure you're in class because you gotta understand. You know, it's I I wasn't really one of those let's go to class guys. You know, back back then. So for I need I kind of needed that. You know, little kick of the ass from once in a while. You know, to make sure that you know I'm staying straight line. And especially after my freshman year, my freshman year was was very very bad. It was uh it was a tough one. But, but you know, everything getting tossed at you, the the, the schedule, the school, everything, and. I was actually in a little bit of danger, right? Um, academically, but luckily it wasn't that bad, right? Because I, I never, you know, missed a down or or anything like that. But you know, my GPA never fell too far down. But just like, like I said, he 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 made promises and and he kept them. You know, um, up and down, he never. Like, he didn't even joke, jokingly say anything. You know, it was just everything was.
2: Just a hundred. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain. No, I think he hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's, I completely agree with you. He was a hundred. He'll tell Mm -hmm. you if you made a mistake, he would tell you right away. Um, I did love, you know, he gave Palermo a lot of rope. He gave uh, coach white a lot of rope, which I really appreciated because, you know, like when you make a mistake, I don't need Alvy yelling at me. I know I'm going to get yelled at by coach white and so i really i you know like listen if i made a huge mistake which happened you know periodically he would get on me but it was nice that you know he gave the other coaches like he is the ceo like he gave all his managers you know the 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 way to you know manage their guys and i really mm-hmm. appreciated that
0: yeah for sure it, you know you i see later on in my career exactly what you what you're talking about um, you know, having the head coach come down and, you know, try to coach your defensive line, or This is what you guys need to be doing. You know, it was the head coach that just wanted to do too much. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes it's not the more you can do. You know, it's, it's the less you can do. You know, and I think Alvarez had a – he managed the team very well. Very well.
1: So you had two different defensive coordinators that you played, on, played under. Kevin Cosgrove Brett Bielema. While you were at Wisconsin, right? What was the biggest difference in either like philosophy, or what was the toughest part of the transition going from Coach Cosgrove to Coach Bielema? Um Or even the, like philosophically?
0: Yeah, but, well, it was it it was different, you know, because you know, Koz's been around, and you know, he was he, he was our coach, you know, you, you build you build a bond with him, but Bielema hit the I feel like Bielema hit the ground running. Right, he came in. He's in the training room every day. You know, talking to the players. You know, you, you see him inside the locker room, and you don't really see that from coaches. Well, at least at the time I didn't. You know, I might I might bump into JP or Alvy like in the weight room while they're on the uh, stairmaster or something. You know, but you know, Bimo was, was was coming in, and he was so excited to be on the you know to, to be a part of the Badgers. And then when he came in, he's like, oh, you know, you. Wait till you see what I have in store for you guys next year, and like you know, just always getting us, a, a lot of energy. It was a lot of energy, and seeing that, it, and it was consistent. It wasn't just like you know, okay, before the season starts, I'm you know, hang around these guys in the locker room, make some friends. It was, it was all year. It was all year, and I mean, even, I mean, I, it's. I don't want to say uh, it was a difficult transition because I, it it really wasn't. I also think that he came into a great, you know, great defense. You know what I mean? It probably didn't – I don't want to say he probably didn't have to do much because I know he did an awful lot. Like, he was a, a film-watching machine. You know, they, they was always say, like, oh, he was up, you know, watching film or he would come in and I'm like, yeah, I turned this film off three in the morning, but I found this. And whatever he found, we would be able to exploit that, you know, and, and make some big plays off of it. So it's like you could – not only is was he telling you he's working all day, but, you know, he'll go ahead and prove it to you because he's oh, I got this for you. You know, but, but you're going to get a sack on this play or we're going to get an interception. Just do this. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a great coach. It was, it was a good transition. Great
1: transition. Please tell me y'all gave him for having a Hawkeye tattooed on his leg. All the time. All <laughs> the time. But, you know, it's the
0: Iowa history, there was, you know, still respected, but, um, like, sheesh, man, <laughs> if we walk around with shorts with, with that,
2: with a tattoo on you, leg, like, man, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. You know, I, and just to piggyback on what you're saying, coach B would come in and ask the offensive guys questions and stuff like that. And, and that was completely, you know, not, unless you had a relationship with a defensive coach, like, I really never spoke to them. Um, if you were on the offense, like, I don't know, Taj, were you friends or did you have a relationship with, like, any of the offensive coaches? Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: um, it's – well, I mean, not like I had with, you know, Palermo, you know, was, yeah. or Oz and Helma, but, yeah. Huge. I mean, I – I would have to talk to him from time to time. You know
2: what I mean? <laughs> it was just – it was inevitable. Listen, <laughs> so I'd have but, to talk to him, too. <laughs> yeah, from time to time. <laughs> Um so coach B came, you know, like I loved it. He would amp practice up. He would, you know, he would get like, he's like, I'm gonna sit Dante's on you. And I'm like, dude, I'm a hundred pounds heavier than that kid. And you know, it's just like I like that it was, it was um, it was just a different energy than Cosgrove kind of brought to to practice and to the team, which I thought was definitely appreciated when not saying anything bad about Cosgrove, but you know, you guys had so many all Americans, you know, he I think he got people fired up. Yeah. Listen, he even got Reggie Cribs to play well. You know, like, and, and I have nothing against Reggie, but Reggie Cribbs had a good season probably behind you and JJ. You know, it helps. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. But, you know, it's... It, the, the
0: thing about Wisconsin, like, you know, you, you can take a one-star and then, like you know, by the time he's done, it'll be a three-star or you take a three-star and by the time they're done, it'll be a five-star. You know, so it's... The, the, the coaching, the... The program, the weightlifting, everything, you know, that all that is attributed to Reggie Cribbs becoming a decent player, you know, and and also the, the two big guys in front of him letting them run around free to to make plays. But I mean it's Reggie Cribbs, I think he was I think he was a decent player, man. You know, him, him, uh Tez, Lamar Watkins. Yeah, Zalewski.
1: Did you guys know? Oh. Did you guys always know that Jim Leonard was going to be a coach and a very good coach at that? Was that evident when he was playing?
0: I thought actually that Jim Leonard would like become governor of Wisconsin or something. I mean, it was.
1: He could uh, run for office right now and probably get voted in unanimously. I think Jim Leonard may be
0: like the next Barry Alvarez of Wisconsin. I mean, I you know, thinking about it. A Wisconsin native who walked on, I don't know, what was he like five time All American or something like that? And
1: yeah, three time three three time All American <laughs> led the nation in interceptions, you know, has I think he still has the big ten record for most interceptions. He's fifth all time. Uh, also like one of the best punt returners ever. Completely yeah. fearless as a punt returner.
0: And and one of the most humble guys in the world. You know, he's a lot of respect to Jim Leonard. But, you know, yeah, I kind of seen him coming back, being the coach and stuff like that. And I kind of feel like, you know, one day he'll be the head coach. Maybe. I mean, I don't know, what what, you know, what kind of career he wants to pursue, if he wants to go to the NFL or not. But if I was him, I would be thinking about becoming the head coach in Wisconsin and maybe the head athletic director. And then, I don't know, figure it
1: out from there. Yeah, I mean, talking about NFL, I mean, he reportedly turned down the Green Bay job to stay at Wisconsin. So...
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I read that. And like I said, I wouldn't leave if I was him. I'd stay. I kind of wish I never left, but, you know, life led me in a different path. So, you know, I'm out here in Arizona in the desert now.
1: Well, let's talk about that path. You know, your post playing career, you get drafted by the Raiders. um, And then, you know, you play, you put you in the league for a while, and then you became one of the greatest players in the history of the arena league. And so, and you've been involved with the Arizona Rattlers for a long time. So Mm -hmm. a going from college, to the NFL, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked about moving from high school to college. Mm -hmm. What was the most difficult part about the transition from the collegiate to the professional level?
0: Well, pretty much like a, a bunch of the same things that will be different going from high school to college. Right. But the, the names are different. So, you know, you go from being a uh, college player, you know, then all of a sudden you you go to the pros and you're playing against, you know, future Hall of Famers, pro bowlers, guys who were all Americans. Everyone was all conference. I mean, it's, it's just the talent is, is is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, you, it, it, it took a little getting used to, Um, Some of the difficult things were taking on double teams, man. Those double teams, the NFL double teams, are something different. I mean, don't get me wrong; we had some great offensive linemen in Wisconsin, but you know, I I got double team, you know, Larry Allen and somebody else, and that. You I mean, how do you how do you how do you sit down on that? I mean, it's that's that's tough. But I mean, the whole you know, it's 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 a great experience, right? It's a great experience. But instead of having the big head. You know what I mean, and just knowing that you, you know, it's we're we're here now. It's, you know, we're going, I'm going to school. I'm going to be here for four years in the NFL. It's like, all right, I'm here now. Let's make sure we stick around. You know, it's it was a job. It wasn't, um, you know, anything like you didn't have class to go to or, or anything like that. It was just twenty four seven. Football. You wake up and it's football, and there was nobody telling you. There was nobody showing up to make sure. Oh, you at practice, or you know, making sure that you study and film or anything like that. So everything was you know, it's, it's you on yourself. But these are these are habits that you develop, and while you're in college, it gets you ready for the pros. But it's just the the physical part of it. You know, it's obviously this the the talent. The talent I wanted to say was like the biggest thing to get used to, and um also being being the low guy in the totem pole again was was kind of you know it was kind of weird you know for that for that one year um having to get the chicken for the guys and i mean i remember Ted Washington uh for the raiders he wouldn't even talk to me until i played a down you know what i mean until i was out there playing with him And it was – that was weird. He would talk to me on the field, and he would tell me, you know, what what to do and, you know, go and watch a film and things like that. But, you know, like we were in the locker room. It wasn't – you know, it was rookie, rookie. And she sat like playing playing behind sap, man. that's, you know, the chewing tobacco I had to get and all the shit I had to take from that guy, man. It was – I I, I love him to death. But, man, he you know, he's – you should get get the work out of me, man. It was it was tough. But also fun at the same time.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I can, you know, I can imagine probably like your rookie year, you're going, you know, you're in the same division as Kansas City Chiefs and Willie Rofe and Will Shears are coming at you at the same time. It's like two Hall of Famers right there, you know, and, and it's you know, it it must be absolutely nuts. Um, the well, let's talk about the arena league though, because you've been involved with the Rattlers for a long time. And so, you know, you played for them for a long time. What, you know, obviously, you know, the Arena League is a very different brand of football, a very different style of football. What was that like for you? What was that adjustment like for you? And, you know, I, and obviously, you know, you were very successful there. What do you think made you so successful in the Arena League?
0: Okay, so when I got released from the Raiders, I had the opportunity to be able to go to Philly. Actually, it was going to be the first team that I, I was going to go play for in the AFL. But I ended up getting a call from my coach, from the Rattlers here coach guy, and he just told me you know, it was a shorter ride, and you know they already have a nose tackle. He was like, I'm building something out here. I want you to come be a part of it. And mainly, I didn't really want to drive all the way across the country. So I was like, all right, well, let me just go down here to Arizona. Because you got to understand, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I'd be on a call to go to an NFL team like any day now, you know? So, all right, well, you know, I'll just drive down to Arizona, came down here, played my first season in 2008 and I didn't really have much success. Right. Uh, My mind wasn't, my mind wasn't in it. Again, I thought I was going to get a call, you know, from the NFL, I'm going back, yada, yada, yada. So fast forward a little bit, my, after that, see, my first season in the AFL was done in 2008, I actually got a call from the Jets for a workout. I want to say, like, maybe two months after my season was over. And I I, I just bombed it. I bombed it big time. Like, I wasn't even – this is the first time I heard from the NFL. I went with the whole AFL season. I really thought it was done. And, um, you know, I wasn't working out stuff. And just bombed the workout. So. At that time, I was thinking, like, man, like you know, like, what am I gonna do? It was uh, 2009. The AFL season actually folded for a year; they went bankrupt. So I was really thinking, you know, like, what what am I gonna do? I actually thought football was gonna be over. So I was gonna become a cop in Connecticut. You know, just go ahead and start a career. But I ended up I ended up going back home for about four or five months. I was trying to figure things out. Then my coach called me and told me that they're coming back and, you know, they're going to have another season and, you know, they're, it's not going to go anywhere, yada, yada, yada. So understand I, I had in the back of my head, I was, I was pretty upset that I wasn't in shape for that Jets workout, right? So right then and there, I told myself, I was like, well, let's not make that mistake again. You know, so I started hitting the gym and I got back to Arizona and I really wanted, I I wanted to get back into the league. So I did everything I needed. I I remember I I made the 300 yard shuttle. I showed up at like 305, did everything that you needed to do. You know what I mean? To get prepared for the season. Ended up having success after that season. Still didn't get any phone calls, you know, from the NFL. And I think like right then and there is, when I realized, like, do you know, do? Do we want to go? Do we want to go and do that cop? Do we want to start a career as a cop, or do we want to stay here in Arizona and you know try to win championships? I still had an opportunity to win championship. I won a championship in NFL Europe with Frankfurt Galaxy in 2006, and that was very exciting. So I want that's you know I wanted that, and also I love playing football. You know, I just love playing football, and it's, it was kind of always you know being my dream to be able to go ahead and keep doing that. So I, I I bought in, right? I bought in 100% everything coach was telling me to do. And just like you said, it's a different, it was, it was kind of hard coming from the NFL going to the AFL because not only is the game different, right? But the pay is way different. And, you know, I just had to get over that whole fact that, you know, you know I'm not getting, not going to get a call from the NFL anymore. You know, we can go get that desk job, you know, or we can just go ahead and, and buy and try to get these championships. And I just remember having a conversation with my brother and, you know, he was talking about arena football and, you know, what I could do with it. And he was like, you know, just go out there and change the game. I remember he told me change the game. And it's funny because there was, you know, the, you know how we have the motion man that comes down and he gets to the line of scrimmage and they hike the ball? Well, they, they actually switched up a rule because I was, I was just jumping the snap count all the time. If there was a, if there was a stat for calls, fumbles, center quarterback exchanges, I, I swear I'd have like 30. I mean, I don't know. But I would jump the snap. So they literally switched all the rules up and everything to get me to stop doing it. Right. So then they made a, they made a rule, like, you know, two offsides and you get kicked out of the game like you get kicked out of the whole game. So it was, just, it was an offensive game, but understand like how much I was messing stuff up. Right. It was, it was but it was, it was exciting. So, you know, we started winning championships and, you know, um, coach guy built a great team and we had a, a, a solid core nucleus of, of guys that, you know, everybody would would buy in. Right. And, Instead of just always worried about getting myself to buy, you when these new guys come in, like, this is our team, this is what we're doing. You know, we went to the Arena Bowl five years in a row. We won three in a row. I mean, every single year we made it to – my very first year in the AFL, my coach said that he was going to build something. And he told the – he told the season ticket holders, if we don't make it to the playoffs, everyone gets a refund on their season tickets. (laughs) <laughs> and we, we made the playoffs. So, I mean, so that was the kind of energy and tempo that I wanted to go ahead and try to keep pace with with KG. And it was, you know, we had a lot of success. We got a lot of rings. I mean, they're still winning them.
2: And, Taj, if you came over to Philly, though, we might have been teammates. Yeah. It, I, I, I'm pretty sure I got cut before that. But uh, I just signed on because I was like, I want – I was like you. I'm like, I just want to keep playing football for a little while longer. Before that job comes, and I went to Philly only because Bon Jovi owned the team, so I got like, oh, yeah. the arena team. I don't know, and Bon Jovi owned it, and so did Ron Jaworski. So I was like, yeah, cool. I'll play. I never played in a game. I watched all the games. I got paid, which I wasn't upset about. Like they paid for everything, and I got a paycheck. So I was like, you know, for one year, I'll do this. It also led me led let me go back to school to become a teacher eventually. But um, yeah, the arena league is, is very interesting, but it, it was, it was a great time. A lot of cool guys, uh, some that I'm still friends with today, which is kind of crazy. So I'm, I'm glad you had that kind of experience as well. Um, but man, it would have been a lot of fun if we were both in Philadelphia together.
0: Oh, it would have been, Oh, Philly's fun. Philly actually, they're another, uh, like on the East, like they're the best team on the East. You know, they've, they've always been solid and we, we actually played them. In the uh, Arena Bowl, twice, you know. So if we were on the team, we probably, you know, the Rattlers probably wouldn't have had all the success that they've had. Would know, <laughs> different. Would have been a little bit different.
1: <laughs> so what are you up to these days? You're still living out in Arizona. You retired after the 2016 season, I think. So what are you up to these days, living out in in that area?
0: Well, there's a lot of stuff. Um, my wife and I own a. Corporate housing company, sports housing company, realty company. We uh, own house cleaning service. Uh, I've been doing public speaking, and just recently, just working on my real estate, exam, um, real estate license, so I can go ahead and join that realty group and really get things going
1: for for businesses. What's your message when you're public speaking? Like what 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 are you what are you talking about? Who, what what's what audience? Kind of audiences are you talking to?
0: Well, it, it depends. Uh, I talk to you know high school kids. I've I've talked to college seniors. I've talked to, uh, to corporate. I've I've spoken at corporate events. It really it it depends on what the overall message of you know the the event is. But mainly, uh, you know, just just my story, my, my trials and tribulations. Some of the things that I lean on. You know, as, as far as when I want to be successful you know uh i mean we we've already talked about a couple of things you know uh you know, one of them is 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 buying in um you know just whatever you're doing it could be you know you, you could be digging ditches or you could be performing brain surgery you know what I mean just be the best at uh, what you're doing you know um that's that's kind of one of the the main things another thing and that that I like to talk about is the and, and I actually got this from another one of my friends. There's a lot of people that when they're in, you know, when you think about life and you know what's it going to be like. Oh, when I grow up, I want to have a house. You know, I want to have a car. You know, wife, kids. You know, and 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 a good, decent-paying job, right? But then they put a period at the end of that. You know what I mean? Life should never be. There should never be a period at the end of your life. You so you know, you got the house. All right. Well, you know. Be be a great father. Be the best person at your job. Uh, you know, learn another language. Uh, go give back to the community. I mean, there's there's always something else that you could do. And also along the lines, of like you know, just like Kobe Bryant said, be you know, be a better you, you know, or or be the best you. Things like that, and you know, really just try to and inspire people to not live in their mistakes, really, and and try to give them a couple keys of how to get out of the what I like to call like the 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 sunken place or you know like when people deal with uh you know depression and things like that. Um you know because I had my own little bout and you know struggles when I was done playing football, things like that. So really just helping people give them a few pointers to make it out of that transition. Right. So it's a bunch of different stuff that that we talk about and we go over and um you know, especially when COVID was was doing real bad. You know, my my experience that I used to share was, you know, I'm going from getting paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in the NFL to to going down and getting paid. And like I think my rookie year in the AFL, got like seventy thousand. So when there was the COVID hit, a lot of owners, companies, and businesses, you know, found themselves out of work. Their their businesses folded up. Or if you were in one company, you know, you're, you're vice president of sales, and all of a sudden, you know, you go down and you're a secretary now. You know what I mean? A lot of people' job um, jobs changed, and a lot of people had trouble trying to figure out, you know, how to get out of it. You know, what is you know is, and like I said, just sharing my life experiences um, and things that I did to get out of the slump. Really,
1: that's fantastic. Okay, so uh, I'm going to get you out of here on two things. First question: What do you remember about Matt Bernstein in college, and what is your favorite memory of Matt, or most notable memory of uh, our dear co-host here?
0: Well, one of the the, the one of, one of my oldest memories of Matt. Remember, we used to be roommates. Like we weren't in the same room, but you know, we were, we were roommates. And Matt, man, I, I mean, my bad. Matt, Matt could snore louder than any. I mean, I, I don't even know, man. I, I, it's sheesh, like a train, like a train coming through the through through the region. But, um, <laughs> but just you know, just just be funny there. But the 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 high, I mean, I, I can't remember. Was it was it the Penn State game where you were just like jumping over everybody on the defense? He's just out there hurtling everybody, and that was very impressive and athletic. I thought, you know, for, for, for Bernie at the
2: time. Thanks. I mean, you guys won us that game. The deep, what you guys let up, what seven points? Is that it, Matt? Seven or ten points? Sixteen to ten. Sixteen to ten. So I, re- I remember, the I remember
1: like every down of that Penn State game.
2: Yeah. Well, Riches yeah. knocked out both the QBs, right? So yeah, yep. that they like they they couldn't do anything on offense. No, they were on third string quarterback. Was... Yeah, that was awesome. They scored three points in the second in the second half. I think like you guys killed them. And and what's great is, I think you guys we, you know you figured out like, oh my God, Matt Bernstein's going in at tailback. We better step our game up. Like we got them <laughs> to no points and three. You know, ten points in a game, you can't win. There's like no chance you're gonna win a game in football with ten points. No, no. Big testament it's, it's, to you guys. That's... You made me a star. <laughs>
0: Anyway, <laughs> hey, man, it's, you jumped over those guys. It was your athleticism that got you to keep running, man. so you know don't don't put that on us though. <laughs> well, I
2: appreciate that
1: <laughs> and then and then finally, what are your thoughts on this year's Badger team, the upcoming season? You know, what are you looking out for? What are you you know are are, are you someone who still follows the game, you know the team pretty closely? Any defensive linemen pop out to you? anything like that?
0: Well, I you know I just I, I've been keeping an eye on on uh, Brenton. I believe his last name is ben, Keanu Benton. Keanu no, Benton. My bad. Yeah, I said Brenton. But yeah, I I, I want to see him have a, a blowout year, man, like a, a real dominating year. You know, I think um, it, the the older you get, I feel like you know, like because when you do coaching and stuff like that, it, you know, you'll have a guy who's like a monster. But he just he just doesn't understand that he's a monster. You know what I mean? It's 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 kind of like uh in those superhero movies, like, you know, people getting their superpower, like you got they're, they're trying, they're trying, trying, and then all of a sudden when they get their superpower, they're like, oh, I can do all this. Right. I'm just not sure if he's at that point where he realizes that damn that superpower yet. Right. Some people get it sooner, some people get it later. But once he finds that out, Man, he's he's gonna he's gonna be a beast. He's gonna be like something something to deal. But as far as overall with the Badgers, I just want I just want to see us finish, man. Uh, you know this. It's been a while since I've seen like the defense really dominate. You know, like what, what what would you guys say would be like the last dominating season from the defense in your opinion?
1: Uh, the year that they went to the Big Ten title game and lost to. And uh, I want to say 2018. Yeah, I think it was that pen. Yeah, that pen. It was like 2018 or something like that. 2017, maybe, when they had, I think it was, it's either, a, it was, I think it was like the Justin Wilcox season when he was the defensive coordinator, or maybe Jimmy's first season. One of those two.
0: Okay. Yeah. I just, I mean, I'm a defensive guy, you know, and I love to watch the defense go out there and ball out, but I also love to see the offense score touchdowns too. Say offensive line push, make them make them giant, truck their trailer gaps, you know, play that good old Big Ten football. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, to, to be honest with you, I I'm I have not really been die hard following the Badgers, but you know, I it's I watch I watch damn near every game for sure.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, listen, Antosh, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today, go a little bit down memory lane. It was, a, you know, it, it was amazing for me. I know, Matt, it was good for you, too.
2: I mean, I, I, Anto, I love Antosh since the day I got to school. Till today. You know, Antosh, two years ago or three years ago, went to New York and just shot me a call. Hey, are you around? And I was like, dude, yes. To come hang out with you and your family? For sure. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's what I think about the locker room is what's so special. Like we had, I, You were one of the first person I met in Wisconsin, but you were on the defense. I was on the offense, and we were friends the whole entire time in college, we might not have hung out in the same groups, but the second Anthos called me, I'm like, dude, I will come see you right now. I'm hopping on the subway and I'll be there. Um, and I think that's kind of what's special about, you know, the Barry era and just like that locker room. And, and I hope, I hope that's what these guys are experiencing. Like I would love for them to experience my experience and probably Antages, and probably a lot of other guys who were yeah. successful who took advantage of Madison when, you know, you're coming from outside of the state You took advantage of all the great things Madison offers. Um, you know, you, you are a big personality, dude. Like you are a big personality. Like you got me fired up in the weight room. Like it's kind of nice when you don't have to do anything. You just listen to Taj be pissed at the bench. And you're like, man, I'm <laughs> the same boat as this guy. Like I'm pissed at the bench too today. <laughs> so, dude, it's really special to see you and have you on here, man. And I, I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I appreciate you guys having me, man. You know, man, it's always great going down memory lane with you, bro. I I wish we could do it more often, man. wish we weren't so far away, but
2: we'll link up. Oh, for sure. I I mean, it'll get cold here, and then I know my wife wants to be in Arizona. So I'm sure there's an Arizona trip in the making. Can't wait, man. Just let me know. Just let me know. (laughs) All
1: right. Thank you so much. And uh, until next time, on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.